Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 105 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another week. We have a great show coming up for you today. Yes. We do have a run and eat and a drink portion despite current conditions. Yeah, as we are recording this, we are a couple of weeks or several weeks into the COVID-19 public health crisis, the global pandemic. Yes. And everywhere you turn, that's really all you're seeing and hearing. And it's impacted us. It has. And it's impacted our Runcation Nation as well as so many other running friends that we are in contact with through Facebook and Instagram and just, you know, those are friends of the show. And friends of ours. Yeah. And and we understand in talking about all of this, that that impact where it cancels a race is is nothing compared to any human toll that might might happen. So anything that we're saying about the inconveniencing is said, understanding fully that there is a human toll as well. But we're talking about directly the impact to the Runcation Nation, to our listeners, to all of you who've been joining the podcast over the last few weeks. We've picked up a number of additional followers on Facebook and through downloads on Podbean and, and um, iTunes or Apple Apple Podcasts. Podcast. I know. But, I still do that. But we do need to, to address how the COVID-19 situation is going to impact our show going forward. So that's going to be part of today's show. And then we also have a new food truck to talk about and a new tasty brew. Yes. As well. We do. Yes. We may even be sampling a little bit of it live tonight yes, on the show. Indeed. So we can give you our hot take. You know, last last week we talked about Fort Myers Brewing Company celebrating their seventh anniversary, and we just couldn't stay away. So we went back to their food truck rally on uh, Thursday night last week, and we just have a, a great food truck to bring to you, as well as another brew that we have yet to review. So it is a, a non-travel week for mm-hmm. us, keeping it local, yep. keeping it you know small and intimate, mm-hmm. and uh, we think that you're going to really appreciate it, and we're going to give you something to look forward to yeah. if you are going to decide to travel down here to the Southwest Florida area for vacation or runcation at some point. In the future. In the future. Yeah. So before we get into any of the running portion, let's talk about the elephant in the room. The, the COVID-19. Yeah, the, the, the giant elephant-sized virus in the room. Um, We've been seeing all across media and, and social media the impact that this has had on 
on our nation, on the world. and It's undeniable. On all of us. So uh, clearly people are stressed and worried. They are. And I don't want to debate the, you know, how how warranted a lot of that worry is or not and no. all that. I think a lot of that's going to be sorted out at the end of this crisis but the fact is that it's changed the way we feel on a day-to-day basis and it's impacted literally every aspect of the run eat drink podcast mm-hmm. because what we started to see as additional reports were coming in across the world mm. about the spread, the community spread of the virus was that large scale events began to get canceled or postponed. Mm-hmm. And I want to say the first big race that we saw get canceled was the Rome Marathon. The Rome Marathon, yes. And that was, of, of course, you know, right in the near the epicenter of, of the COVID-19 scare outside of mainland China. Mm-hmm. And then we started to see additional races and additional events, mm-hmm. more and more, and it started to pick up pace. And I think the last count, we, we had shared a, a, a link to a ongoing document mm-hmm. on Google Docs yeah. that some other runners posted. There was over 70, pushing 80 mm-hmm. races just in the continental United States right. that had been postponed or canceled. Including the Boston Marathon. Right, the Boston Marathon, the New York City half. Mm-hmm. So, as a travel podcast for runners and foodies, when travel is contraindicated by the authorities and large scale events are being postponed or canceled, yeah. specifically runs. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see a lot of food establishments and drink establishments are either transitioning away from uh, table service, doing carry out or carry away only, sure. having hours limited, or mm-hmm. in some cases just not opening. Right. Especially the small mom and pops like we like. Yeah. So that impacts a lot, uh, literally every aspect of our show. But it's not all about... The traveling, I think over the last three years, we have built up a connection with the people that listen to our show and the support that we have received and hopefully that we've been giving through our show. I'd like to think so. Has been so great. It's been so great to to see people provide us feedback and for us to support others in their running journey, their weight loss journeys, their... Whatever their goals were. Whatever the goals were, 5K, 10K, half, marathons, what, what even just getting off the couch and getting out the door. Or getting that PR. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that... I think it was Wendell when he wrote in and he talked about his running journey that he said that our our show is about more connection and more than just a travel podcast. Well, I think that we've, we started this out as a passion project Mm -hmm. to, to get ourselves off the couch, to Mm -hmm. get our own motivation. And then it turned into us making friends. 
Yeah. And I mean, definitely. Virtually and out there on the course as well. And and a lot of times those those two worlds cross and mm-hmm. intersect. And, and I think that's that's the thing that's most important and most valuable for us. I mean, there's always restaurants. There's always going to be runs. I promise you there's always going to be runs once yeah. all this is over. But the the fact that we're able to make those connections, build those friendships, mm-hmm. you know, and and be able to call you all our friends and our extended family is mm-hmm. I think the most incredible aspect of what we have stumbled into here doing the show. So based on that and we are going to continue to deliver the show and we want it to be an hour out of your day that is just some ray of sunshine, positivity, the ability to kind of turn off what's going on out there and get back to your passion for running or your your connection to others that share your love for the sport or for food or for food or for coffee or beverage. beverages yeah we we just want you to be able to lose yourself a little bit as you go out on a run or hit the treadmill or whenever you happen to listen to us that we're just kind of a break from the stressors of daily life currently absolutely i, th- I think that Having worked alongside of reporters for seven and a half years and and one of my assignments at work, I I think that there's a lot of very well-meaning people out there covering the story, trying to give the best information possible. And Mm -hmm. certainly there's some some sensationalism and trying to to get eyeballs on their story because they're competing for your attention. That said, I think that you get overloaded and you get to the point where just the con- hearing about the same thing constantly over and over adds to the, to stress. the stress, adds yeah. to the anxiety. And I have found, especially in the last couple of weeks even, that getting out and doing my training runs has been just a tremendous stress reliever. Or just getting on the treadmill. I haven't resorted to you know, the treadmill yet. If you need to, because I know we still have some friends in some colder climates who have to do that. And we're going to come upon some days ourselves where <laughs> the treadmill will be necessary. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think you're absolutely right is that, that if we can be your respite yeah. for, for an hour a week, mm-hmm. that's what we want to do. So what what does a what is a travel podcast to do when they can't travel? Mm. <laughs> uh, so we, we started really spitballing this several days ago and, and talking about, you know, what can the run, eat, drink podcast do if we can't travel to these destination races? Well, for the next several weeks, at least a lot of it is going to focus on our own running journey. Mm. And I think that is a great opportunity for us to help all of you get to know us a little bit better. Sure. So we'll talk about our, our the running, our training. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about our hopes, dreams, fears, things that hopefully you all can relate to. And I think that we all share certain things in common. But we I all think have also, things that are unique as well. Yeah, it'll be kind of a, a a positive break from all of that as we talk about gear we love, the aspects of running and that bring us joy. Absolutely. 
Yes. Favorite memories or inspirational runs we've had in the past. And we're also working hard behind the scenes to try to get some interesting interviews with luminaries in running, Mm -hmm. luminaries in food, Mm -hmm. and in drink, and whether that's a brewer, a distiller, a coffee roaster, Mm -hmm. a a bartender who's just a mad scientist behind the bar making craft cocktails, whatever we can do to introduce you to some really cool people, because a lot of these folks are also doing what some of us are doing, that social social distancing. It's what they're calling it. So, yeah. you know, they, they can't get out, but you know what? They can FaceTime with us. Mm-hmm. So we're Talk able over to, the phone. Yeah. So we're able to get that interview and share that with you. Mm-hmm. And we think that that's going to be a great way to give you guys a little insight, uh, some additional um, different content. And, and some inspiration, and, too. Yeah, inspiration. And you know what? If nothing else, if you're bored in the house, you can just start, you know, um, you know, hitting the buy it now on Amazon and we'll give you some, some really cool ideas for running gear and stuff that we've tried out and liked. And, mm-hmm. um, and we, got, we've got a lot of, a lot of different ideas, things that we've talked about doing in the past, but mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to focus on because of the travel. Well, now we're going to get that chance to focus on those things. Yeah. And so that's our plan and we hope that you like it. Well, that's the running portion. Yeah. For the food. We're going to probably bring you some more features from South Florida where we're able sure. to to pick things up. Mm-hmm. And whether it's if places are still open and serving, great. We, you know, we, we have tons of places we'd love to, to share with you that kind of gives you a little insight into what we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also stuff that we can bring you in terms of our own nutritional journey when yes. you talk about the things outside of day seven or outside of the the uh, exploration of the local town we would go to you know because so many people have have messaged us about our own weight loss journey and or what we do to support our running and our training exactly our own running and nutritional uh, like you said nutritional support Mm -hmm. so sharing some of some some of that content Mm. and some of that those recipes sharing some of the Uh, we've talked about it. We've alluded to the interview with Ray Cronice and Juliana Hever coming up. Yes. Um, authors of a fantastic book that we're, that's at the forefront of our nutritional journey, mission, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's kind of where the eat portion will, will yeah. transition at least for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And the drink portion, again, you know, we talked about finding, you know, Distillers, brewers, yeah, bartenders, mm-hmm. but drink recipes, absolutely, coffee drink recipes, recipes mm-hmm. uh, things that we enjoy, and then again, what we can bring you from our local scene where we're able to do so. And I would say that we might get some beer out there in our local stores, package stores that we could bring to you that you may be able to sample in your hometown too. Absolutely. So, so that's kind of where we're going. Uh, the runny drink podcast is really going to think small and we're going to focus on those, those things that are more intimate, more closer to home over the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. Like I think everybody's going to be doing and we want you to come with us and we want to be that, that's, 
retreat for you. And honestly, this month was really all about training uh, ahead of April. Really, we didn't have a whole lot of travel planned for this month. No. We had the Star Wars virtual. Which we, which we still have coming. Still have coming. That 13.1, that half marathon, so we can get that Star Wars medal for that. And who knows what other virtuals will will come to, but we still have that and and the focus is training for the months ahead. Yes, because ultimately once all of this passes, hopefully everything passes well ahead of October. You know, we said at the beginning of 2020 that this year was going to be about Amy's mm-hmm. path to Chicago as she continues to train for the Chicago Marathon. So her training is still going strong there. And we also have a couple of other announcements that we were going to make, but we're going to kind of put those off a little bit right now because I think that the focus needs to be on on letting you guys know what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, how we're not so much changing up the format, but but bringing that focus back a little closer to home for the next few weeks. Yeah. So we hope that you guys are going to enjoy it. We think you will. Uh, we do. Uh, we're going to work very hard to make it compelling and fun. And, you know, we also want to hear from you and share your story, your inspirations, your places that you go. If, if something you know, tickles your fancy and you go, Oh, that reminds me of a place I went to, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little more intimate. Yeah. So, and I think in times like this, we need it. I was reading a book or, you know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks on my commute to work. Mm-hmm. And when you're running. And when I'm running as well. But it, I was, I was listening to a book a, about a, a gentleman who was injured and could not run. And maybe, you know, I'll talk a little bit about that on some upcoming episodes, some of the audiobooks that bring me inspiration and things like that. But I think at this time in the running community, we may all have certain disappointments as races get postponed. Sure. As you've built up so much training and anticipation. And what I love is how people are staying positive and dealing with that. Absolutely. They are when they have to transition to, oh, this race is no longer a destination race. It's now a virtual race. What am I going to do with that? Well, I'm going to get my local running friends and we're going to complete the race and we're going to make human mile markers at every mile mark. Did you see that over on Facebook? Yeah. That was great. That was great. Or the... The one young woman on Facebook that I saw that took pictures of herself as she completed the virtual race and then she actually drew in spectators and drew in like a starting arch and a finishing arch. and That was adorable. Yeah. Like we just love stories like that that keep us positive and we know we're going to get to the goals and that. Those those stories are great to bring to the forefront as well. And we want to be there to cheer you guys on over the coming weeks. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. We have a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Yeah. But let's let's talk about running this week. Yeah. So training. Yes. Let's talk about your training. I had this past week, I had running drills 
and uh, we have uh, we had th- uh, three milers back to back, and this this week right right now coming up, I have one big long run, f- uh, fourteen and a half. And miles. depending on when you when you decide to do that, I may do that one with you. Yeah. So we have, well, I mean, initially he said it was a, a back-to-backer mm-hmm. to kind of build up to the Star Wars challenge sure. that we have. So it was four miles one day and 14 and a half on the other. So I'm trying to do those back-to-back outside of work because I had to work all weekend. And that's, it takes me as a back-of-the-packer, you know, a longer amount of time to complete those longer runs sure. than maybe a work morning will allow. Yeah, so I like to do it on an off day. If you don't have to get up at 2 or 3 in the morning to go yeah. get your run in. I and understand uh, that completely. And then be, you know, on your feet at work all day or on my feet at work all day. I just, you know. So I'm planning on doing that even though I was supposed to be this past weekend, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. S- doing, I did some shorter runs and some some drills you're doing like eighth of a mile drill correct yeah he had me doing quarter miles and he said hey you know with the heat that's ramping up and just trying to work on to get you to feel the faster pace just shorten shorten the speed kind of intervals shorten Mm -hmm. shorten the distances yeah, I don't recall ever seeing you do eighth of a mile. This is the first season he's drills. had me do that. Yeah. It's the first season he's had me do that. And it's actually been really good for me to feel that speed and to build that up. And I know that he'll want me to get to a quarter mile and a half mile sure. as as we continue in the training. Right. But it it felt good. And, you know, you have to be where you are you ha- in your training. You have to be where you are, and you have to build on the base that you have. So I am getting some good, successful, really shorter interval speed work. I was going to say, now, what exactly are you doing in those eighth of a mile segments? Trying to complete them in 155 or less. Okay, so it's it's basically a time a time segment, uh-huh. and he's not focused specifically on your, your interval. Well, he said... Try different intervals to achieve that objective. Oh, okay. So you're so picking you're pl- the interval yourself. So we're playing with that. Gotcha. Because ultimately, I'm going to need to play around with intervals that I'm going to start out with in longer races to be able to get that done. Right. And again, for those of you who are newer to the show, we do the Jeff Galloway method of run, walk, run. So we do... Uh, interval training with uh, running and walking mm-hmm. segments. Yeah. So you'll hear us talk about a run segment and a walk segment. That's what we're doing. Um, or as I learned uh, or saw people actually referring to it online this week as Jeffing. Jeffing it. Yeah. There's so. a whole collection of people who, and there's a hashtag on Instagram. See, I, okay, I'm really. And they have shirts. There are these girls that have this Instagram account and they have shirts. They're Jeffing it. See, I'm terrible at Instagram. I love if, it. If you ever reach out to us on Instagram, I read Instagram, <laughs> okay, but I okay. am horrible at actually responding, liking, posting. I don't even know if you call it posting. He's trying. I, I'm, yes. That is not 
the interface for me. So 99% of the time, if you're talking, like you message and, and you get the reply back, 99, probably 99.5% of the time, it's <laughs> yeah. Amy yeah. that's responding yeah. because I'm going to mess it up. So there you go. So that's, we're doing it. Yeah, so that's what you were doing. We're I, jeffing it with cadence drills, acceleration gliders, and then some speed work. And then I'm, I'm trying to get that higher mileage here in the off time. Okay. That's me. I'm feeling good. And if you get to come along with me and maybe we explore some breweries or food places around South Florida, all the better. Yeah, we're considering going to a place, doing our run kind of out in a, at a park, maybe a park where there's a loop that we could do a contained mm-hmm. loop and then going to hit a local brewery, even if it's just to grab a beer and go sit outside away from people and, you know, just, just have a little celebratory meal and beverage yeah. you know, afterward. But how's um, your training going? Uh, early. That's how my training is going early. Oh gosh. Why? Well, at whatever do you mean? Well, so much has happened this past week. Of course, <laughs> everything with, it. with the COVID-19 and all that, yeah. but I have, really modified my my regimen now to where yeah. I'm getting up and doing my short runs before work. And the dogs, thank you. Yes, they do. And it's nice having them. But I, if you all don't remember, I go to work at 4.30 in the morning. Yes, it's quite so early. So I've been getting up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. to go get my run in. This has necessitated certain modifications for me. Number one is working on actually working on getting to sleep early. Yeah. And trying to really focus important. on that. Sleep is so important. You don't realize how important it is until you've done, you know, half or a third of your career on nights like I have. And, and I'm realizing now as I'm in my mid forties, like, you know, you're not 23 anymore and staying up all night and then just functioning like a normal human being all day. It's tough. Not going to work. Yeah. Lack of sleep. So I've been focusing on sleep and actually treating that as part of my training. Mm. The other thing that I've been doing is trying out some new gear. What gear? Well, it's new Pray to me. Tell. It's new to me. I actually got you one for Christmas. Yeah, we should talk about that. We have uh, we we have um, the Night Runner shoe lights, which have been fantastic. Yes, awesome. for for low light running. So great, and we'll talk about those again. Um, but I also picked up a headlamp. Yeah, an adjustable headlamp. I love it from Amazon. And I've been using that. And the reason for it, because uh, when I go out and run in the morning, I take our dogs with us. And mm-hmm. I have a, we have a 90-pound dog and a 50-pound dog. Babies. And I run them on a short six-foot lead. And they do great. They, they speed up and slow down with me as I'm doing my intervals. They're fantastic. But right Yay. now, we have a ton of cottontail rabbits in the neighborhood. They're so pretty. Which is adorable. They're so cute. But the drawback to that is that eventually the coyotes in our area Can start just, making their this, way through. This is so and dark. It, well, it is, but my, the, God. my point, <laughs> not to go to a dark place, but my point <laughs> is I've got the dogs with me. The likelihood of a coyote encounter at that time of the morning is actually pretty good. Especially when they start. I just thought that the dogs just, they looked for the rabbits and they were excited and they wanted to take off and go sniff after them. They do. And that's why you use the short leads and have the light so that you can see when that's going to happen. I'm not scared. I'm not really scared of the coyote either, but 
Um, I can handle that part, but if, if there happens to be a coyote nearby, I want to have a little more advanced notice sure. than, than, oops, I'm right up on top of it. So right. that's the reason for the headlamp. I've never seen a coyote here. Well, there's a first time for everything. All right. Well, I, I'm the one that always runs across the wildlife when we're running I've snakes, no idea. gators. Yeah. Never all that seen any stuff. of that in our neighborhood. So. so, um, so that's the main reason, but I've been work trying this headlamp on that I'd given I you. I like it. It's comfortable, it's light, it's super bright, very adjustable. We're going to do a full review and bring that to you at, on a different upcoming episode. But mm. So I've had that opportunity to do it's it. good. But, but my runs have all been um, 5Ks that I've been yeah. doing. And I've been doing kind of the same thing, playing with my interval a little bit. Have you? But I'm doing it within the same 5K. So what I do is like mile one, I'll do like a five-second 55 Mile two, I'm doing a 15.45, and then mile three, doing like a 15.30, trying to play with what you Ooh. guys were talking about, where you said a, a rest interval of longer than 30 seconds has diminishing returns. Yeah. And I think that I'm actually feeling what you all were talking about. I don't think that I'm any more rested walking that extra 15 seconds than I am doing about... 30 seconds. So the, those mile times have mm. been sub 14 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and very comfortable. I'm not panting and out of breath or anyth anything like that. But the one thing that I am noticing is that it is unseasonably warm and humid now already. Yeah. Here. It's, so, it happens almost overnight. You're relishing the cooler weather. And then all of a sudden it's like you flip the switch and now you know you're in it. Yep. And I know that the training when it gets hot and humid in the later spring and throughout the summer is only going to benefit us in the fall. Yes. It's tough while you're doing it and you have to remember the sunscreen and the mosquito repellent and you have to remember that you need to slow down for the heat. And if you don't drink enough water, you might die. There's well, you that. have to you have to stay hydrated. <laughs> you have to stay hydrated. We're staying positive. It's brutal. You have to stay positive and <laughs> hydrated, and you. I mean, it's also a mental game to complete. Oh, it the, in the summer heat. is the tar the time in our race yeah. race cycle where I'm like, why didn't we get involved in a nice indoor sport? Well, it's the like endorphins. It's the endorphins. <laughs> I I find. To your point, you've been talking about the 30-second walk breaks and that anything beyond that, you're finding diminishing returns, kind of like Jeff's, Jeff Galloway's research says. Mm -hmm. But I, in my training and in the cadence drills, when I do the 30 seconds and I count my footfalls and I try to get more on each successive drill, mm -hmm. so I'll start with maybe 40 footfalls counting on one foot, Okay. For 30 seconds, then I'll try to go beyond that and then go beyond that and go beyond that for about four to eight drills. I find that having picked those up and doing those again the last couple of weeks have made those eighth of a mile or quarter mile or even the on the weekends that we're not doing the super long runs, doing the three miler and then say doing a one mile with an interval. Mm-hmm that it, I find the turnover easier and I find less huffing and puffing. Yeah. Which is nice. Yes. Those drills really improve your form, I think. 
and improve your really the way you think about let's not overstride, let's not step too long, too large. And well, by the end of the interval, you're not yeah. you're not so smoked that you're <laughs> trying to make up for either your fatigue mm -hmm. or uh, form with an overextended stride. So I'm really, that's what I'm getting out of the recent training. And I, I like that you're getting that same kind of feedback from your body in the shorter intervals, the oh. shorter combinations of intervals. Absolutely. And so. I can also report that my, my abrupt change back to, Brooks from Hoka hey. has been magnificent. You know, everybody's got to find the, the right shoe for them. Yes. And your local run shop where you have run experts, that is so important to go to have a gait analysis and have somebody evaluate the rate, the way that you run, the way that you walk and you know, Hoka's maybe the ones for you. Brooks are definitely the ones for me. And for me too. You know, that you proper out there in the running community is what we're saying, like, you know, the royal you. But And and we're just we're again not sponsors. No. I, although, you know, Brooks call us. Hey. Please. We love but, it. <laughs> but we love you. But the but I mean I have we have friends that are diehard ASICs fans. And we, they have been I, I had a round of shoes from ASICs that were great. Yes. And that's it, it. You got to find the one for you, but your change in gear back from the Hocus to the Brooks has been it, beneficial. It, it was not only was it beneficial, it was immediately beneficial. Like, nice. like almost like a switch flipped. I mean, I was getting such bad blistering on the yeah. Hocus uh, and regardless of type of socks that I was wearing, they just type of, the um, ones for you. Right. And how I tied it. Um, yeah. It seemed like it was going to work at the time, but you never you know, know. It's Hoka. It, it's not you. It's me. And you, you never know what's going to be best for your body, Let's, your feet. Can we be friends? Yeah. Because Hoka's are going to be great for others. Yes. Not for you. Brooks are going to be the ones where it's at for us. Maybe it's not for you. Right. So I think that's where that gait analysis and getting that feedback from experts in that field, so vital. Crucial. Mm -hmm. So excellent. Excellent. We have dogs that are trying to move under our podcast <laughs> recording studio. Here, so. They love us. They want to be a part of it. Yeah, they, they literally are not they... happy if they're not almost in contact all the time. Do you have that experience too out there? <laughs> Probably. So but at any rate. So that's the running for this week. Training was extremely positive for me. I feel like it's a great stress release also. Yeah. And I could tell you were having a good week because when you were coming in from your runs, you were smiling yeah. and you were feeling good. I, I, I could I could really tell. Yeah. So, so. good stuff. <sighs> but all of that running does make you hungry. You work yes. up an appetite. Or, you know, I mean, we were really reminiscing about the great time that we had at Fort Myers Brewing Company. Well, their seventh anniversary. Their seventh anniversary was just so much fun. This is a, a, a Fort Myers, uh, the city of Fort Myers' is first craft brewery. Mm. They've had tremendous success over the last seven years. Fantastic. We're, uh, they're such great people. Mm -hmm. And the event was just so fun and family friendly and, and just 
everything you'd want, going to hang out, mm -hmm. listen to music, drink a great beer, meet new friends, which we did. Yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, have, have a tremendous time. And we're like, you know what? Um, we should go back. And we've never been to their Thursday night food truck rally, which is a regular thing every Thursday. Mm -hmm. I hope that continues. And in and, all and honesty, it was very similar to the seventh anniversary. The only difference was they weren't doing like hourly beer releases. Then I just, I, their, their crowd is still big. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know what's, what's coming up for them, but normally they'll have it on Thursdays. Yes. Normally they'll have it on Thursdays and they'll have a couple, two or three food trucks and they'll have a nice, I mean, the lights out there at night, the environment. Yeah, they have a nice covered seating area. So mm. It's in an industrial well, park. Well lit. But they have uh, uh, picnic tables mm. and they have these pretty cafe lights strung up. And, and some people bring their own chairs. Well, it gets so crowded that you're really better off bringing your own folding chair. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is when you go there, you have the portion of the crowd that's there for Fort Myers Brewing and their beer. And then you have the portion of the crowd that's there because they like the food truck scene. And maybe they, they are either wanting to try some new stuff yeah. or they're following a food truck that they really mm -hmm. love. Yeah. And, and I think it's almost a pretty even distribution of those two um, subsets. That, well, I think there are groups that want to explore the food trucks, but then they know where the good brews are too. Well, well so absolutely. So there, when we went to the Thursday food truck rally, we were introduced to a food truck that we have not ever had before. And it was kind of reminiscent of a trip to Key West that we had. It was. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, at first when I see a food truck that's offering seafood. You, you're you on pause. You, I, I am. I'm growing up in Florida. I am you know, being a fisherman myself, having a, a love for seafood. I'm really particular about it. Yeah. And when I see a food truck, I'm like, oh, boy. How's this going to go? Because, you know, we talked about it, you know, last week when uh, we were uh, talking about one of the other food trucks, they modified, you know, one of the other food trucks that we, we talked about modified the way that they were cutting the fillets of grouper. Yes. So that they could cook them quicker and serve them faster in a food truck. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, a way you don't normally see grouper served here in Florida. And I thought that was ingenious. Well, Along comes this food truck. Mobster Lobster. Mobster Lobster. Yeah. I love it. And their, <laughs> their specialty is, as you would guess it, lobster. And yes. you're thinking, how in the world is a food truck going to be able to serve lobster that you want to eat? Well, we don't know. We didn't see inside their mad science. No, we didn't get a chance to. They were because too busy serving food. It was so busy. Oh my gosh. But they have lobster rolls for all different. It doesn't matter whether you like a warm lobster roll or a cold lobster roll. 
all different tastes. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, of course, their stock in trade is lobster rolls. Uh-huh. They have other items on the menu, but their sure. menu is not huge. And I think this is also very smart. I think that that is a secret to their success that they do. They pick a few things and do them very well. Such a great job. And give you good value for your money mm-hmm. and give you some variety. So mm-hmm. yeah. as long as you are inclined towards seafood, specifically shellfish, yes, you're probably going to find something that is going to tickle your fancy here. Mm-hmm. So we, Amy alluded to it, this reminded us of a trip to Key West. Oh. One of our absolute favorite spots, if we're going down to Key West, is oh. a place called DJ's Clam Shack that we've been going to for years. We love DJs. And they do one of the, not only the largest, but one of the most flavorful and best presented lobster rolls Lobster rolls that you could ask for. Mm, so yeah. the bar for us is really pretty high. And mm-hmm. we actually said when we were, when we, were, we said, we're going to try this mobster lobster place. We need to dial back our expectations because but, it's coming from a food truck. But we didn't need to, actually. No. And that was the awesome surprise. We did not. So we got two different lobster rolls. Yes. We got the main style. And the Connecticut style. And the What's main... What's the difference? The main style. Amy? So glad you asked. The main style is a chilled lobster with a touch of mayo and celery. Which is... I. That's the only way I've ever seen lobster rolls served true in my life and the connecticut style is warm lobster with lemon and butter and i didn't know that that was a style of lobster roll i didn't either so but apparently you can do just the roll for 18 dollars a piece or you can do the the lobster roll combo for 20 dollars and it's served with homemade coleslaw and tater tots. Yeah. So we got the rolls. Yeah, we did. And the rolls were buttery and grilled. Yes. Both of them. It's a traditional split roll mm-hmm. like you like you would expect going to get like a main lo- a main lobster roll. Mm-hmm. And that the fact that they took the time to do the grilling Ugh. That adds a textural component. Like a crunch. A little bit of crunch. Mm-hmm. And, and a butteriness. It holds up and doesn't get soggy when you put the lobster in either either style. Warm or cold. Right. Let's talk about the filling. Ugh. We're Listen. looking at photos here right now, and I'm my mouth is literally watering as we're, you. as we're talking here. The the rolls were filled with huge chunks of lobster. I'm serious. They, it didn't matter whether it was cold or hot. It, they were just, here's the claw and it's huge. Or, or here's the tail. It, it was a combination of claw and tail meat. Yeah. I want to say that you probably had an entire cold water lobster tail worth of, or lobster worth of meat in each sandwich. It was huge. It was just overflowing. Yes. Yes. 
beautiful to look at. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the, the, this food truck gets it that, that you eat first with, your, with eyes. your eyes. Yes, yes. And the warm one, the warm one, which is the Connecticut style with the lemon and butter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lobster was warm. It was tender. It was not chewy at all. And it had the scallions and it, it had the the slice of lemon along the side that you could just, you know, squeeze over top. Yep. And I'm just, you get the crunch of the bread from the roll and you get that lemon, you get a little bit of that scallion onion kind of flavor. But the star is the lobster flavor that... That meat that is not chewy, but is just, it comes apart as you bite it. And it's not like, here, I'm going to bite the roll and then everything's going to fall out. Well, and that I think is the secret. You know, uh, a lot of times you go to, especially if you do chain restaurants and and chain restaurants have their place. They're consistent, usually wherever you go in the country. Sure. but a lot of times you go to like a chain steakhouse and they say, oh, you can add a lobster tail for nine ninety nine or whatever. So often you get that lobster tail and it's really just a, a shrimp on steroids. And Smaller. It's, it's Smaller. tough. And lobster done right is so soft. I mean, mm. it's, it's not translucent. You can't see through it anymore. It's been cooked through. And it's got that, the meat has got that pull apart quality. Yeah. It's, you know? if, if you're, if you're having to bite and like work to get through lobster, it's overcooked. Oh, and this was just so perfect. And the claw meat was intact. So you're seeing the claw meat intact on your sandwich. And it was warm and, and lemony and buttery and just. And I don't remember if. Delicious. The, the butteriness of the roll, I'm not sure if it was just from the butter when they did the grilling mm. or if it was a brioche style bread. I'm not really I sure. I know. We didn't ask. Should have asked that question. They were busy. But it was Perfect. It never got soggy. No. it whole, it, All of the ingredients worked together to create a perfect roll. And even in the cold one. Oh, well, let's, let's, you've dropped the bomb yeah. with the uh, Connecticut style there. Yeah. Let Can me, you break me, down the main style? Absolutely. So this is the traditional, usually if, if you're thinking of a lobster roll, this has a quote unquote lobster salad in it, but this had the same enormous chunks of tender, buttery lobster. So good. Tossed in a very light coating of mayonnaise Mm -hmm. with a little bit of chopped celery. And I think they garnished it with some some diced green onion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The the celery gives you a crunchy component and a little bit of of green, a little little pop of green flavor that plays very nicely against the butteriness of the lobster and the creaminess of the of the um, mayonnaise. Mm. I squirted the lemon on there. That gives you that little hit of acid. Mm. It is by far one of the best lobster rolls that I've ever had anywhere. Not just food truck or, you know, this is good for a food truck. No, 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 no. There are sit-down restaurants that wish they were serving 
yeah. to roles like this. Yes. And I would say that the size just, you know how we talk about DJs having just abundant lobster? Yes. This is the same. This is the same. Now, I will say that the DJ's, DJ's Clam Shack does give you a larger role or a larger uh, overall sandwich for your money. Oh, okay. And you can certainly even get their double whammy down there that they serve which is it's basically like two the... lobsters on the roll i mean it's yeah. it's it's crazy but this one here is giving you something that's i mean it was easily the size of my hand it was, and i have big mitts i just so it was so good this both of them were great but this one i think it had different spices than say DJ's actually I think this one had a lack of spice that DJ, DJ's they they DJ's down in Key West does a little bit of tarragon in their mayo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which it, tarragon is yep. almost a, a slightly almost licorice flavor yeah they were really letting just the f- natural flavor of the of the Lobster shine on the sandwich. briny seafood shellfish flavor. Yeah. I I really don't have anything I could say about this sandwich where I could go, you know what they need to improve on? Like nothing. No. And value for your money. You're talking for the lobster roll itself mm-hmm. is $18 just for the yeah. roll. Now, a lot of people go, ooh, that's high. Remember, this is a fresh cooked lobster i mean it's like the, almost the entire thing yeah it, uh, it might the I, think, I think it might be the entire thing you yeah know, the claws tail and maybe some of the, even the leg meat or joint meat if they're I don't even know but there's so much meat in this thing this is a meal into itself mm-hmm. i promise you you are getting great value yes for and your money you know i mean if you pay two additional bucks you can get the combo with the coleslaw and tater tots. Mm-hmm. So if you need like a, a well-rounded out meal or you're splitting it, then that would give you like a whole platter yes. situation. But so. are we going to talk about the tots? Because <sighs> there, there's something else on their menu. It's unique. That I never in a million years thought I would, A, I thought I, thought I would see and B, thought I would love. It's unique, and we got loaded lobster tater tots. Loaded lobster tater tots. Tater tots covered with warm lobster. And when they say covered, it's true. Covered with warm lobster, chipotle aioli sauce, diced tomatoes, and green onions. And, you know, tater tots, hello. Well, you know, I think it was maybe a decade ago that the whole, you know, tater tots as a bar food that get dolled up with, with toppings became, mm. really became a mainstream thing, thing all yeah. over the country. Yeah. And I, I think it's a great idea. They are a fantastic vehicle for other flavors. Mm-hmm. And if places are doing them right, they're just so satisfying because they're crunchy on the outside. They're warm yeah. and creamy on the inside. And... They made fantastic tots because some places do try tots and they don't get them right. Well, they can be soggy. They don't make it to the show. But yeah. trust me when I tell you, we go to a lot of places that mm-hmm. don't make it to the show. We just, yeah. Because so, we want to be positive. Yeah. So we only present to you the things that you should have. Yes. 
but this place. So you get this this oh. gigantic pile of these tater tots that oh. are golden brown, super crispy, huge. And again, it's Ocean. basically another entire lobster worth of meat, really, on top of these tots. Oh. And then a flavor I never associated with lobster, chipotle. Chipotle aioli. Yeah. You know, chipotle is a smoked jalapeno pepper. Mm-hmm. So you get that you get the, the warmth of the pepper. It's usually not as hot because the the cooking process tames it somewhat, but mm. it's, it's much it's very smoky. It is very smoky, yeah. But I don't think that they use they're not heavy handed with that aioli. They it's a drizzle, yeah. But it's just enough, mm-hmm. and in doing so, that you get a, a tang. You get a creaminess, you get a smokiness, and you get a heat. Yeah. So you're hitting on all these um, all these layers of flavor. It's salty and briny and, and crunchy and just, well, and then uh, And then they throw some diced tomatoes and green onions on there because, again, you get a little bit of the cool pop from the onion or from, from the tomato, and then you get that... That uh, subtle crunch. Subtle crunch from the green onion. Yeah, subtle crunch from that green part of the green onion. I had no idea. I didn't know these existed, and I am so glad that they do. Just, I mean, and you got have them. the aioli and the tots, and you get a piece of lobster on the fork with a little bit of that aioli and a, some tomato. It's the perfect bite. It's a perfect bite. And perfect. The idea that you're bringing a southwestern flavor to seafood. Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. So this food truck ended up being kind of a hidden gem. And well, we were so glad. We hadn't had it. No, and we're so glad to be able to bring them to you guys and share them with you. It, so, and, yeah. they, and they don't just serve there. They no. bounce all over South Florida, all the mm-hmm. way from, I believe they're either based out of Port Charlotte or Punta Gorda, and they, they go all the way down to Naples, Marco Island. And they've been at J-Dubs, too. And, and that's in all Sarasota. the way up in Sarasota. So they're all up uh, the southwest Florida coast. I mean, yes. And wherever you see them, if you have the opportunity to sample their menu, you should. Yeah, and we're going to link to their website mm-hmm. in the show notes. Check out their menu. I mean, oh. they've got some other stuff. They do a BLT-style uh, lobster roll. They do crab cakes. They do a fish and chip. And again, they're using they cod. They do shrimp too, don't they? Oh. Uh, yes, they have uh, uh, some offerings with yeah. with shrimp. But I was going to say their Sorry. fish and chips is cod as opposed to doing yeah. like a tilapia, mm-hmm. which I, I really respect. And I'm glad that they're doing that. Um, shrimp tacos with mm. the mango slaw, which is a Florida staple. And they do, of course, a lobster mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese. I want to try that. Yeah, this is a place that if we were to see them again, the likelihood of us ordering from them is super Totally. High. It'd be hard not to go back to the lobster roll. So hard. But there's so much other stuff on the menu. Well, again, there are a number of other things on the menu I want to try, but their menu is not that big. So they're focusing on just a handful of things and doing them really well. Oh, it's great. So, And we can't. Thank them enough for the amazing meal that we had. But in order to enjoy that meal, we had to have something to wash it down. Mm. And Indeed. while we were there, we did enjoy a couple of beers. Yes, we did. To try. But we actually got a crowler, which if you've 
gone to a brewery and you've seen the crowler I, machine in I the corner, it. but you've never ordered one for takeout, mm. do it. It's actually really cool. It is yeah. an in-house canning system that they can do one can at a time. And the crowlers that they serve at Fort Myers Brewing are 32 ounce yes. crowlers. So you can take a little bit of their Fort Myers Brewing beer home with you. Yeah. And tonight we actually popped one for you that we're actually sampling as we record. We, okay, and this is legit. You're going to get us an explicit tag. Not explicit in any way because it's the Hawaiian version of this word. Okay. You know how when you get off the plane and you're vacationing in Hawaii, they uh-huh. don't get me an explicit tag. They they put kind of a necklace of flowers around your neck. You mean a lay? A lay. So henceforth, the beer that we bring to you tonight is called Get Laid, as Ba-dum. in the necklace of flowers. And why, pray tell. Are they making a Hawaiian reference with a beer? Hey, 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 hey. They have a 4.2 ABV. And this, actually, it's a Pilsner. It's a pineapple Pilsner. Crisp and easy-drinking German-style Pilsner with a sweet and refreshing pineapple flavor. And they say this clock's in at 4.2% ABV. Yes. yes. And let's see. Um, Amy, why don't you start mm. us out with your quick take, your hot, hot take on this beer offering from Fort Myers Brewing? Well, I think it is quite the the golden color. It's not like straw. More, more of a golden color. And I think that we have more of a straw color in, say, the Fort Myers Light. I would agree. Or... Uh, uh, an- other traditional golden yellow or straw yellow colored mm-hmm. clear beers. This is a little yeah. bit cloudy. This is a little bit, yeah, and it, it it's got hazy. a it's got a ha- but it's not hazy like maybe a New England IPA type. You you know what I mean? I don't huh? think I, I might don't think it's to, super hazy. I, I might beg to differ. Looks uh, a little hazy to me, but but just saying. It's, I don't think it's overly cloudy, but it's a little bit heavier body than, say, the Fort Myers Light that you talked about mm-hmm. on the previous episode. And the pineapple is, you get it, I mean, I don't really get it on the nose, so much maybe maybe a little bit of a fruity smell but i don't it's really hard for me to get that pineapple aroma i'm not getting a lot of pineapple aroma when you first smell the glass no i I agree i'm telling you i get it um in the aftertaste and in the latter part as you as you sample it Yes. As you taste it, you don't get it when you when you first take the sip, but when it lingers in your mouth and once you swallow, you get the pineapple and it's not like a tart like a sour pineapple type flavor. It's a, it's a little bit sweeter, but not a dessert sweeter. Okay. What do you think? 
I think that you're spot on. The the beer to me in looking at it, and we have two different colored glasses we're drinking out of I know, tonight. We should so that my mine appears to be a little bit on the cloudy side or, or hazy side. So I think um, I would call this a hazier beer. It is a heavier body than say the Fort Myers Light or yes. um, let's talk like a, a German Pilsner, like say the German Pils from Big Storm Brewing. Yep. It has a little bit heavier body. It has a very mild carbonation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even talk about that, did I? Yeah, you're right. The, um, the sweetness isn't up front. It is Mm-mm. right. It's after you swallow. Yeah. And it really does give you that aroma of pineapple right after you swallow. Mm-hmm. But it, there's not a lingering bitterness. No there's bitterness. not a lingering sweetness. No hoppiness. It is very, very clean on the finish. Mm-hmm. But it definitely gives you that aroma of pineapple. And it's very pleasant. It it reminds me, I, I would say they probably added the pineapple later in the process, I don't know because I'm still learning. Uh, that's that's my guess. I, yeah, I, I I'm not studying for Cicerone level one. But Somebody it's definitely else is an additive. Yes, but it's not so fruited that you you taste like a, it doesn't taste like a cider. It doesn't Mm-mm, give you no. It doesn't give you a cloying sweetness at all. Because we've had ciders. You know, pineapple ciders that have been, it's really sweet, but then there's also a tartness that I don't get from here. No, no, not there's not really any tartness to this at all. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're talking about a tropical Pilsner mm. and you're making this, you know, they, I like it. they really push this for a hot weather beer. Yeah. This is something you would absolutely love poolside and you'll yeah. hear me talk about that a lot poolside yeah. beers or lawnmower beers we're in florida i this wouldn't be a lawnmower so, beer for me i would i would call I think this it would a be poolside. heavier if you're mowing the lawn and it's like act, if you're in like something that's particularly active out there volleyball beach volleyball something like that you may not want this you may want something more like fort myers light right but right. This I like, but this is is so pleasant, mm-hmm. and this yeah. would be very approachable to a a person who's exploring new types of beer, mm-hmm. and maybe they want to try a fruited option without it being yep. overpoweringly sweet. Yeah, or if they are trying to try some new, um, more adventurous pilsners. Yeah, because a lot of people will say pilsners are kind of bland. And because they tend to be uh, uh, light, lighter in color, lighter in body. Um, many are not very deep in, most are not, not very deep in flavor. So I think this is a really unique twist on an often, um, I don't want to say neglected because Pilsners are very popular, but. Um, yes, they are. Not a, not a style of beer that tends to get a lot of excitement, even though they might sell a ton. I love Pilsners, and I don't think that I started out when we first started doing the podcast. No, you tended to gravitate towards darker ales, yeah. reds, and stouts. Mm-hmm. And I still love those, but I think over time I've come to learn about this and and really kind of developed my palate for it and now it's one of my favorite styles of beer so snooty i'm not snooty she's such a beer snooty. i'm not snooty come on 
okay, well, maybe I can hang with you and drink with you at some other point once I've learned a little more. Mm, I just, I, I like... <laughs> I like the Pilsner, and it's not something that I started out initially when we started to drink beer and get into this podcast. Not not something that I would choose so often. Well, you know what I think started us on it? Mm. Tampa Beer Run. Mm. I think, um, or I, I should say Tampa Beer Run and runs like that where they offer a beer at the end. Mm. When you're looking, if they're offering you a beer... The you're probably not going to gravitate towards those heavier ales uh-huh, and stouts uh-huh. after you've run. So when you're yeah. starting to find some of these lighter options yeah. that that are going to be tasty and refreshing, sure. this is a really good style. Yeah. So I like it, and it definitely speaks to the Fort Myers Brewing Company's vast array of very successful beers in several different styles. So. Yes. Well done. And we couldn't help but continue to celebrate at your Thursday night food truck rally. So. Well, thank you to Fort Myers Brewing Company. Thank you to Mobsta Lobster for yes. their fantastic food offerings. And Yay. that does it for this week's episode. It does. So Have I, you? <laughs> I, I, I will report back to you about the longer training. I was going to say yeah. our, uh, your, yeah. your plan is going to be to, for longer training run. Yeah. And do you have something you wanted to ask of our runcation nation this week? Well, I, I really want to ask them how, have they shared their favorite podcasts with their friends or their family? And we've had a couple of our Instagram followers share our podcast to their Instagram story, which I just absolutely love. Anna runs on coffee. Thank you so much for sharing to your story. And if you have not, what we would love to see you do is get out there on social media and tag us in a post and help grow our Runcation Nation. If you have a friend or a family member who is into the running and the runcationing or just enjoying a great run and local food and beverage, please share it on social media. We're at Running Drink Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and we're Running Drink Pod on Twitter, if that's your avenue. And we... Thank you so much for doing that and growing our Runcation Nation that way. Yeah, doing just that simple thing is so helpful and helps spread the word. And we're trying to grow the Runcation Nation and get more people involved and active with us. Um, Before we go, I do want to remind people that... yes. Once travel is recommended again, coming up (laughs) in April, and I'm going to hold out hope against hope that uh, all travel will be back open by then. April 18th is the Brews on the River Craft Beer Festival here in Cape Coral, Florida. Mm, Yes. You may have heard that the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is the official podcast of our city's first city-sponsored craft beer festival yay and we're gonna be there podcasting and recording from 
the over 20 breweries mm-hmm. that are going to be on scene. They're going to have live music, food trucks, and it's dog friendly. Uh, you can still get tickets. And on top of that, we have a discount code. So if you are interested in an excuse to come down to Florida, as if you needed another excuse to come down to Florida, you'd like to maybe come check out our local haunt and enjoy some amazing beer on the river. Mm. Run, eat, eat drink, drink, five. five for $5 number off. five. Yeah, for $5 off. $5 off. That's yeah. general admission and beer enthusiast tickets. level tickets. Yep. Check it out. Um, you can go to our Facebook page and check our events, and there's a link right there. Mm-hmm. And they also have a dedicated website for the event. It is brewsontheriver.com. Yes. So save $5 and come hang out with us on April 18th. Yes. But anyway. That does it for this week's show. Yes. So, thank you for tuning in. We wish you an outstanding week. And thank you so much for taking us along as you cook or clean or... Commute. Commute or run run in your neighborhood. Wherever you are, thank you for tuning in. And we hope you have an outstanding week. I'm Amy. And I'm Dana. And we will talk to you really soon. Wash your hands. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733. Or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.